0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Jay Allen Cross, and of course, I am here with...
1: Britain, also known as Archaic Honey on the Internet. The Internet. Internet famous.
0: How are you doing, Britain?
1: Pretty good. Um, just, you know, pregnant and it, all the planets are in the microwave right now. And it's just a crazy time to be alive. Not witchcraft related, but I just finished watching the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix.
0: And you're scarred for all eternity now? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was I'm really not ready.
1: Good. It was really good. And they brought a lot of light to like marginalized communities and the LGBTQ plus community, which I really think needed to happen um, right. with that case. Because with things like that, they put so much emphasis on the actual like serial killer and they like, kind of glorify them in a way. And I was like, no, 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 let's yes. get into the stories of these, these people, you know, who are involved. And, um, yes, yeah, so I've been processing and just like trying not to have nightmares lately.
0: I bet. Especially when you understand that this is a thing that actually happened. Like it's not just a, a horror story that somebody made up. It, it was something that actually happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Ooh, yeah. Ooh.
1: Yep, so I'm doing little bits of, like, nighttime, dreamtime protection from nightmares and stuff as I go to sleep. I'm like, no, I don't want to think about this before I go to sleep. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. That is not what you want in your brain pan as it you is. as you <laughs> go to bed at night. That's not what you need. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. No. So I went to Goodwill the other day.
1: Oh, yes. Tell me about it.
0: And not just any Goodwill. I went to The bins.
1: I still haven't gone.
0: Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the bins is like, is I don't even know how to describe it. It's literally a bunch of bins. And I thought it was sorted like into different areas. And it's really not. It's kind of a little bit sorted, but um, essentially it's just, it's just bins full of crap and you just have to like go through and find it. And I shit you not me and my husband, bless him spent about 20 minutes because I noticed that there was tarot cards in one but they just throw the deck in there so we spent like 20 minutes searching for every single fucking card in this deck and so we had to, like, move stuff out of the way and, like, pull stuff out and go to, like, the bin next to it and find more and, like, all this stuff. So I found a whole-ass tarot deck in there. And then uh, I actually found two. So I found one. I don't know what it is. It's it's not like a Marseille tarot deck, um, but it's sort of like that. And then I found the Lost Tarot and guidebook. Um, but the Lost Tarot doesn't have all the cards. It's, like, a few hmm. cards short, but also that kind of fits. It's it's the lost tarot,
1: right? And it you got it from the bins, and I so I don't that. know. And it, there's just like a magic in finding things at the bins,
0: right? So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love that. Um, also, it's it's officially spooky season. I know that our spacetime continuum is a little off kilter here since our little break, um, but uh, I feel like Halloween is suddenly. Here a little bit there's like that weird vibe like just things things are weird on my way to walk my dog like there's this really old dude who lives around the corner and i'd never ran into him before until like two days ago and number one he thinks that me walking my chihuahua is hilarious because it's that like big dude with a little dog sort of scenario um So he likes to point and laugh at us, but he looks like um, if you ever saw the second poltergeist, the, the Reverend Kane guy or whatever, the one that haunted my nightmares forever, he looks like that dude. So suddenly I just hear this cackling and I look up and there's this like really old skinny dude, just like pointing a finger at us like, ha ha ha. And I'm like, Oh, Halloween's here. I got to (laughs) go. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: So that's a, that's kind of how it's, how it's been.
1: Yeah, it's, it's spooky seasons here. We finally have, like, cool weather-ish right now. Um, and today we got rain for the first time in forever. Bless so it. it. Is, it's feeling, and I made some, like, really nice warming chicken soup last night mm. with, with cornbread. And I, I'm like, eh, let's get into fall vibes. Feels Yeah, good. it's soup
0: season. It is soup season. Some soup.
1: All right. So
0: shall we uh, bring on our fabulous guest here?
1: I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Who do we have this week? Uh,
0: This has been one that I've been like excited to have on the podcast for like over a year now. We have waited patiently to have this person here. So I would love to introduce author, Bruja, all the things. We have Laura Davila, also known as Daphne La Hechicera on the Instagram, author of Mexican Sorcery, a practical guide to Brujeria de Rancho. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Hello. How are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doing wonderfully. It's nice to see you.
2: I'm All super right. excited to be here.
0: So we have so many questions uh, that we would like to ask you here. Let me pull up my notes. I know that you have notes as well because yeah. both <laughs> you and I are have some Virgo placements going <laughs>
2: yeah. on. Yeah, I, I have um, my son um, is uh, Virgo. My moon is in Leo. My rising is Virgo. My Mercury is Virgo. (laughs) Love (laughs) it. My Venus is Virgo. And my Mars is Sagittarius. Mm. So it's Virgo, 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 Virgo. And a lot of um, fire too. um, With um, Leo and Sagittarius in in Mars. So it's Mm -hmm. like.
0: It's Sagittarius Mars. That one's that's that's exciting.
1: Yeah, that feels kind of like party party vibes. Like yeah. like you're very Virgo grounded, but maybe there's a side of you that likes to party too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I do.
1: Well, that's actually one of our first questions that we love to ask folks is like what your astrology is. So thanks for sharing yeah. that with us. I'm
2: I'm a Virgo, super Virgo. Like really, really Virgo. Like it's a lot. Is is I mean It's a blessing, but at the same time, it's a curse. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's really like, you know, I'm always like very like philosophical and very practical and to the point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to see like a lot of points of view on before I make my own, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of like difficult because um uh, it's a lot of like a scholarship and academy on every single topic. You know what I'm yes. saying? And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of hard. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Also, something I really love about you and getting to speak with you is not only do you have this information, but you you also like you're you're the one. You and Anwen Avalon are the only two people that send me academic things <laughs> that are like, look at this history of this thing that happened in in Spain during this period, or, or or during you know this time in Mexico history and and all that. And I think that it's so neat that you're so plugged into that, and you like there was this thing that you sent me once about like the. Certain type of spelling because the printing presses at certain period of time didn't have a certain letter or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. this is so cool! Like, how do you yeah. even find this? Like, yeah, yeah,
2: it's like, um, you know, right now I'm with the endorsements, right? Um, yes. So the publisher sent the the book uh, to a lot of practitioners and folk, mm. and somebody <laughs> told me. I'm saying this because I know they don't listen a lot of podcasts. So <laughs> they said like, oh, I think like, you know, as an observation, you had like um, kind of like um, not an accurate uh, translation um, to what it means camposanto, Because you put like any cemetery, like you imply like any cemetery is a camposanto, and is not holy, and any." the the translation is holy ground and i just laugh <laughs> and i said well i think you have a you know like a blind spot here because between uh 1857 and a- 1859 when the actual reform laws in mexico are starting to get in apply any church could have like uh the cemetery or tied to the cemetery because otherwise you you were going against the law. So that laws were very specific that they had to separate the state from the church. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning was very like, no, we're not going to do that, even though like the government is demanding us. But in the 1900s, at the same time, uh, it was like E. coli and a lot of like diseases that were spreading at that time. So oh. the, like even the priests and like the nuns and the church were like, no, we don't want the Campo Santo here either. You, you <laughs> can take it. So I said, like, I know you, you write about Mexican magic and stuff, but I don't think you have gone to a cemetery in Mexico. Tell me how many of those cemeteries uh, with a church attached to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, and, and, and more in the northern side of Mexico so like right now like yes it started like the Campo Santo was attached to a holy ground or to a church but it's not the case anymore since 100 years ago so right. it was like okay <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying like so but it's the kind of things you have to you know not only like oh, okay, that's what what it means and that's it. But, you know, but why, you know? Right. And, and it's pretty much what, one of the things that I struggle a lot when I was writing the book was not only the language barrier that I have mm. that is huge. It was too that, you know, I have a lot of like blind spots that I don't understand from the Mexican American culture, because mm, to, mm-hmm. to say like, Oh, I understand. No, it's, there is a lot of things. Like, even though I have 10 years here, not 11 now, uh, and two kids that they were born here, there is things like, I, I don't get like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not embarrassed to say it the other day, uh, Nix, um, you know, her, yeah. like she was mm-hmm. like sharing like those, like, Oh, pictures kind of like memes with like uh, Leo moon, uh, Leo son. And she had like the pic, the, 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 the movie, I think sangre por sangre or blood, blood, blood. I think I saw that movie. I don't know when I was like 15. I really don't even remember. And when I saw it, I saw it translated to Spanish, but all of you were like laughing and cheering and stuff. And it's something that was totally strange, strange to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But all of you is like, like, know that movie or have seen it several times. You know what I'm saying? And it's something that I, I don't, you know, so I cannot be like, somehow I feel like out of the joke because I don't get it.
0: Yeah. It's very different going from like Mexican to Mexican-American. Like, there's there's the Chicano
2: culture, The Chicano culture exists. And it's so rich, but you, I think you guys think like you like only lost something, but you actually gained something as well because, mm, you know,
0: yeah.
2: um, and it's those blind spots where to like, you know, uh, I, I mentioned in my book and in my daily practice in my vocabulary, a lot of the, uh, a lot of times the word mestizo, and it's a lot of like Mexicans, American, Mexican Americans who get like triggered or like mad that I'm using that word because they think it's offensive. And I'm like, dude, every single word in Spanish, English, whatever has an etymological development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seems like for, for you guys, like the mestizo word is like, it got stuck in some place, but in Mexico, that word continued like Mm-hmm. Um acquiring certain things and leaving behind the, the systemic uh, baggage that that world, because of the casta system had in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying now all of us are mestizo. doesn't matter if you're castizo or if you're mulatto or you know all of us are mixed, mm-hmm. you know and it's like a Mexican manifesto of unity. But here is like, no, that's racist. It's so offensive. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. But it is, it, 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 for sure, it was a lot of like blind, spot, blind spots, like cultural that I think, it, <laughs> I don't want to say they're going to cause problems, but they're going to, in some people, like maybe like lift an, an eyebrow. When, Mm -hmm. you know, but I try to be as clear as possible and try to, you know, be like, you know, give like certain basis of what I was saying. The other thing that is going to be, I think, a blind spot for a lot of like Mexican-American folks, um, they're going to see a lot of like talismans, amulets and spirits that they think they belong to certain other traditions or they can be seen or perceived as a cultural appropriation
1: yeah. and
2: but no they are ancestors too you know mm-hmm. and, it, mm-hmm. and it's not in a lot of like uh places where like people like say you know oh mexico is part jewish because there is a reason why it was called the silent heritage people was when they, the Jewish came to the Americas, uh, they were supposedly conversos. They were like asking them papers where they proved like four or three generations ago, they became Catholics in order mm-hmm. to let them immigrate. But of course, just like it is now, you know, a lot of them like, you know, fake paperwork and a lot of them, they were just hiding. That's why we have a lot yeah. of that. More in like in the northern, is uh, northeastern side of Mexico, right? In Zacatecas and um, in in a lot of states. And the same thing like when I mentioned like we have a lot of Irish heritage too is because when they came like in help the, the in the war. And it had been a lot of I had been a lot of like exchanges that a lot of people doesn't. Realize that those exchanges happened 200 years ago.
1: Mm. We didn't right. rob
2: anything. Right. You know, they just came and they actually hide those things with mo- other figures that had power. You know what I'm yeah. saying? In order mm-hmm. to keep them safe or alive. So I think it's going to bring a lot of questions. It's going to bring some like hard truths too that Mm. I don't know if people doesn't want to hear or they're not prepared or, and, um, well, but I'm ready for that conversation. I mean, Mm. I'm ready and, and I'm, you know, happy to be somebody who brings a little piece to that puzzle (laughs) because just like I said, somebody who's saying, Oh, I know everything. And no you have blind spots. You do. Right. Just right. like I do. And he does and she does. And they <laughs> mm-hmm. does.
0: Yeah. You right. know?
2: So I for me it's just to bring a little piece that maybe will unify to things that, you know, they were like loose. You know, like in Apostle.
1: I love that you're uh touching on this. Like I've I've lived outside of the US. And so America really seems to be stuck in their own bubble, their own narrative, and think that Culturally, like, that's the way it is everywhere else. So it's just, like, being able to, like, integrate all of that information and stuff and um, share other people's perspectives and, like, other cultural histories and whatnot. It kind of gets left out. Like, America just gets stuck very myopic in a
0: way. Well, and it's such an important conversation to have because especially when it comes to, like, Mexican culture these days, everyone has mixed up, Mexican culture and indigenous culture mm, right. when Mexican culture has a lot of influences from a lot of different places, which makes it what it is today. And so to relegate Mexican culture to simply the indigenous culture of, you know, the Mexico area is incorrect. And also this idea that all cultural sharing is cultural appropriation. I feel is very dangerous, Exactly, because especially in these areas where so many people came and shared and, taught other people these things you know cultural exchange is important and it's something that we need and something that we're seeing in the united states right now is almost like like this idea of like segregation like everyone has their own camp unless you're mixed then you don't belong anywhere and you need to go die um but (laughs)
2: imagine how how hard it was for me to come from like all of all of us like fit all of us are like the same and now is like here is like the Asians and the African American <laughs> over there right. all of us are the same like <laughs> right. seriously I mean we have like um, you know uh, Asian that Mexicans or Afro Mexicans but for us all, all of us are Mexican like you know yeah
1: mm-hmm. here
2: was like I like I don't get anything <laughs> but you know it's just so hard. Like that, that, that thinking that, you know, it, it is, it's funny because I, I have had, you know, I will say, I wouldn't call them like, um, arguments, but you know, like hard talks with certain folks that they just changed their name and now they're not, you know, like, like my son, Neil or Raul, now they're quietly Tepecan something they tell like that's okay and they start like every time like i said mexico this or mexico that like they think i'm talking about only like the center of the country like you know (laughs) uh they have a very like centric point of view you know Mm -hmm. and it's like you know like oh because i say something like you know Mexico is a really, really, you know, like new country. It's mm-hmm. not like, you know, it's, it's, it's just doesn't have like a lot of centuries, you know, for, for like the Mexican that lives in Mexico today, we barely have like 500 years, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a Mexican state.
0: There are buildings but, in Europe that are older than our yeah, countries. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But
2: for some reason, like, People like get mad when you say Mexico has 500 years and it's a mixture of cultures and oh, you're bastardizing the Mexica, uh, you know, concept of Mexico. I'm like, we're not talking about the same. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to think I have a like very nationalist point of view, put it like you want it. But that's how it is today. And Mm -hmm. it's how it is for the you know uh, average mexican who has lived all the, their lives there and you know I, I i don't i don't know if you remember one video that i shared the other day of a guy dressing with maracas and sombrero and you know sarape uh, and somebody went and interviewed people in Olvera Street Olvera Street is a very mexican part of the Los Angeles mm-hmm. and and he started like asking people, age like Asian Americans, African Americans, um, Mexican Americans, everybody, right? Uh, do you feel offensive? This? Do you feel? Oh, I'm super offended because he's appropriating the culture, and he's, you know, like blah 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 blah, and he shouldn't be using that. And then the same guy goes and he asks people who just there from happen to be there for vacations or. You know, people living, I don't know, very recently in Los Angeles, but they were Mexican. They didn't like even speak English right. And all of them were like, no, I, no, I don't, I don't care. Like, But <laughs> right. all of them, mm-hmm. all of them had something in common. And I asked other, I asked people who were like mad, like, no, I, I, and I was like, you know, like, you notice the smirk on the face of all the Mexican people who said like, they don't have any problem, like. They wanted to laugh because we know he looks stupid. And wait, I mean, I mean, seriously, that doesn't identify me. It's a cartoon. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? But here, like some people think like somebody who's like dressed up like that is offensive because it's part of the culture. For me, it's offensive that you think we dress like that and we're like a fucking cartoon. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why they were laughing because, you know, he looks dumb. <laughs> right. But it's like a lot of people here in the United States think like they're doing somebody else a favor. Yeah. You know, by fighting battles that doesn't even belong to them. And I'm not saying we don't need, we shouldn't be advoca- advocates for something, but sometimes, mm-hmm. or advocacy or, or our altruism. Mm -hmm. like is is fucking up somebody else you know i have seen it in 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 the groups because i still belong into certain groups of witchcraft and i shouldn't i i'm going to just log out because i know when my book is out i'm going to Mm -hmm. like sometimes people like chatting your book or magia magia and, and somebody say something and They comment, oh, but if you don't belong to the culture, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, you're not helping us at all.
0: Right. That was something that I ran into with my book, too. And a lot of people run into when they are from marginalized communities and they start, they put out this book. And it's so funny because we run across this talk a lot when it comes to publishing. Oh, publishing is so racist. Nobody wants to publish these books. And it's like. Because publishing is a business. They will not publish it if it won't make money. And so when these people from marginalized communities come forth and are like, I want to publish this book. And then everybody goes, nobody buy this book unless you are specifically from this very small group of people that we've decided are allowed to do it. Which kill the sales, kills the success of that book, kills this author's like potential for more work and then and then they complain about not having these marginalized voices in publishing and right. it's like well if you would let them be successful <laughs> you
1: know and that also like it like allowing books like that to be published like your book Jay and your book mm-hmm. it like allows for the expansion and preservation of knowledge yes like, and,
2: and you touch it something very important like somebody who doesn't belong to the culture dude. sometimes on their the American thinking, I don't even know if I belong to the culture. And and, and, No, let me tell you, I was born there. I was raised there. I speak the language. You know, I speak I am a native, like Spanish speaker. I have a Mexican passport. I have been living in 10 different states and I still, there is people saying that I don't belong.
0: Right. And I'm like,
2: why do you mean like uh, it's just and dude I'm more Mexican than el pinche chile verde. O sea, and and, and when I told them like what the, how they like conceive who be who belongs and who doesn't it doesn't make any sense for the Mexican people in Mexico. Like right. just like I put the case of Chavela Vargas, you know. Mm-hmm. Chavela Vargas was a Costa Rican. Uh, born Mexican, mm-hmm. Costa Rican born, but Mexican by decision, who just like, I'm Mexican. And everybody is just Mexican, you know, the same thing happened with, you know, uh, the Pope, uh, we love um, the Pope, um, Juan Pablo II. Like mm-hmm. he was just visiting. And one day, every Mexican started singing, Juan Pablo, hermano, ya eres mexicano. Like, like, <laughs> And every time, like, he used to go to another place, they, they used to ask him, like, people, like, oh, you're from Poland. Yes, I'm Poland. I'm Polish from Mexico.
0: <laughs> so,
2: and there is interviews. And that's what it means to be Mexican in the Mexican, um, you know, like, sense of or Mexicanicity or, or, Mexican, you know, like, Mexicaness. I don't know how to call it. But the same thing in the other regard with this lady, uh, who Lupita Nyong or something like that, she won an Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. She, she was born in, in, in Mexico, but her parents are Nigerian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when somebody asked her, oh, you're Mexican and blah, 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 and she just responded. I mean, I don't feel Mexican and I don't think I'm, I, I, I'm Mexican, even though I was born in there. You know how was how bad it was for Mexican people. Listen, oh fuck, you're not Mexican. We don't even want you here.
0: You know what I'm saying? Right.
2: But if somebody, um, I follow another um, another practitioner. He does like um, tarots um, and stuff. His name is Jens Freiberg. He he does a really good art, and he's he's Mexican and um And I don't know how to say it in English. But his dad, who was he's from. Uh, Denmark uh, married his mom that is Mexican. And he always said like, even though like he was from Denmark, he felt Mexican, but Mm -hmm. he understand that, you know, how it works over there. But over here is even like offensive to say like how it works over there. Like, like somehow, like if, you know, you don't like feed or concept of what it means to be Mexican, you cannot Mm be Why You're going to self-proclaim Mexican or because that's how it works over there. Maybe not in the paper, but it works that way in the sense of identity because at the end of the day, it's a a social construct, just like, you know, gender. And and it's funny Mm -hmm. because some some folks who... uh, present themselves like they, them, uh, they're like Mexicans, uh, Mexican-Americans. When I say these, like, no, but no, they're not Mexican. And I'm like, dude, I mean, you understand how, you know, social construct works? What's your problem of somebody else identifying themselves as a Mexican? (laughs) You know, it's not a pie. You can have your chair, you know? It's, It's like somehow like culture, In the United States, now it's seen like as a limited resource.
0: Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. oh
2: my God, if you have a lot of like oil, you know, now we have to go and take it because what are we going to do if you take it all? Because it's going to finish. And it's not like that. It's, you know, it's very huge. I, I, you know, I told another practitioners who had like, oh, you put like a lot of things on your social media and blah, blah, blah for free instead of putting, dude, even if I write books of magic and Salmeria and I don't know uh, curanderismo or whatever there is no way by myself and another 20 of us that we're going to be able to like in a lifetime to put everything that is out there
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Even if we try, even like, if we try,
2: that is, no and way. it's,
0: and it's so like it's so good to hear you talk about this because, especially in the United States, I find that the the goalpost or the criteria for who counts as whatever culture changes all the time and depending on things. So people will be like. Oh, so you're, you're Mexican. Okay. Well show me your DNA test. Okay. Here's my DNA test. It says Mexican. And they're like, well, actually, no, it's, it's not DNA test. It's, um, were you born in the culture? Like, okay, yes, I was born in that culture. Oh, okay. But, but is your skin color, um, the, what the stereotype that I have in my mind of what that is? Like, I swear, like so many people pull up like a picture of Speedy Gonzalez and are like, "Um, this doesn't look like you." Um, <laughs> like, and I'm and yes. it gets very racist very quickly. The way that people are trying to like act like cops, honestly, and be like, you know, show me your your license and registration and and your, your Mexican card, you know, that proves this to the internet that you yeah can live like. <laughs> But no, I wanna I... I wanna jump into some of these things because I think that these are important that are kind of close to this. So so when we talk about things like ethicia, um, which is kind of like what, what your book revolves around, with this idea. So number one, who who can practice what is in no. your book? And also um is, is what's in your book is this a closed practice?
2: No. Well, I I try to, to be honest, I'm going to be like very direct on, on this. Uh, mm-hmm. I, When I came to the community, everybody used to be like so stuck on, no, you're not a brujo. You're an hechicero. No, you're this or that. Like seriously in Mexico, like from, I don't know. Doesn't matter if you write out, like do coranderismo or do hechicería or you do brujería or Maria, you You're a brujo. Even mm-hmm. if you don't even do magic or uh, cure or heal anybody, but you do the, you know, tarot readings or I don't know, like you're a astrologist. People is going to say, oh, I va la bruja. Or, Anda brujando, right? Today, 2022, right? My practice specifically, the northeastern uh, north, uh, side of the, uh, Mexico and the Huastec area of Mexico there is not such a thing of, oh, cheese a chisera, oh, she's chis bruja, or, you know, we we just go by bruja de rancho, like, you know, um, because we don't, ha- like, people in the ranchos, they don't have that scholarship, they don't have that academic side, you know, I do have it, but now I have internet, and I'm <laughs> in the United States, and I have full access of internet, but imagine a woman, uh or a man, fifty or one hundred years ago, they were doing what they were doing, and nobody was trying to say, "Oh, chisa bruja. They just had to do what they had to do, and without putting a level. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when 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 I was doing the book, I just said, you know, like a brujo de rancho dos brujeria, if you wanna like put it like in a. In a square, those hechiceria dos, uh Salmeria, and maybe like a little bit of curanderismo too, and a lot of necromancy. And but most of all, is like a folk psychologist, an mm-hmm. advisor. Like, but um for s- somehow like that was like the norm or the thing that was worrying more to the community when I when I started. For me it was like the less important of things all. Well. For me it was like instead of like worrying about the paper, how are we going to put this on practice in your life? How how right. you know
0: so many uh, people get stopped at the label. Yeah,
2: you know, like and
0: and the definition like, versus actually doing the work.
2: Exactly. So, you know, I'm a Virgo, so I'm very practical too. And I try to just like put it like aside, like, okay, this is the scholar part, but this is what happens in the reality. This is what (laughs) happened in the books, but that's what is, this is what you're going to encounter in the day-to-day life. So that's why it's like, you know, um, different definitions, right? And um, I said, well, in in the academic side, you know, the only difference is a pact. If you want to see it like that, it's a pact uh, with the devil, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean hechiceros doesn't work with the devil, but it's a different way to work with the devil. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, there is like a lot of books of brujería and Coahuila because that was a big, a huge um, uh, inquisition you know, uh, place specifically in Monclova So they had like their you know certain punishments when you were a chisera, certain punishments when you were a bruja. But it was very alike in Coahuila specifically. If people didn't like, even if you had a pact with the devil, in the two cases, the only like the difference is if the, the uh, they you were processed as a witch. One or or the two reasons. Uh, if people said like you have flying powers or or like um, because that was given by the demons but, or by the devil or like they, they really wanted really bad your lands and your money and your wealth and you were a converso. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, when they used to pro- pro- process somebody, Like, they used to take away everything that they own. And the Catholic Church didn't really, um, you know, get something from mestizas uh, who were, like, you know, a lower caste system in that time. They Mm -hmm. they used to get them from, you know, conversas who had a lot of money because Mm -hmm. that's what they used to work, work, work. So... For me personally, the differences between one practice and the other is only in the paper. It doesn't even matter. I had to mention because for some reasons it's very important to everybody. But to Brave. be really honest, is we don't even care. In even less in like the rural side, the rural side of Mexico, like.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've been feeling that, too, like in the even in the community where you have like, well, you have like witchcraft and there's folk magic and, and those things are different. And I'm like, like academically, yes, I understand. But also, let's not pretend like we're not all here doing the same thing. Right. Like, we're all here doing the same stuff. We, we might use a little bit different methods. We might, you know, but it we're all here doing magic. We're all like, let's just let's just move on at that point very much. So when it comes to this work here, would you say that, um, especially because there's so much, and this is kind of the obstacle that we get a lot, is this idea of closed practice. So would we say that that this is a closed practice or, or what is in your book is a closed practice? Yeah. Do you need initiation? What What's, yeah. what's happening here?
2: Uh, that's another misconception, like... This is not a closed practice because it's the mixing of a lot of open practices, like yes, or beliefs. So how can you're going to how how is going to be something closed if everything that is like you know conformative is open,
0: right? So I run into that a lot with like people being like, I want to pray to the saints, but. That's a closed practice. And I'm like, um, Catholicism literally tried to take over the entire world and make everybody Catholic. So I'm yeah. thinking it's open. <laughs> yeah. 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 And not
2: only that, like, you know, um, the, the Aztec or the Mexica or the Nahua beliefs, you know, it was something that was changing constantly. Like, if you get to see, you know, their deities and what they believe, like, in, in a, like, I don't know, like, there is those graphics of periods of time. Mm-hmm. You can see even their effigies or, like, las deidades made of different material- materials with the passing of the time and with other characteristics. And that was because they used to move a lot, too. They used to conquer places,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know? <laughs> That's why their ideas and their beliefs were changing, too. Mm -hmm. It was not something like it was only, you know, uh, set in a way that it never changed. It was a living living dynamic back then, too. So uh, even then, you know, it, it was not a close practice, but in the most of the indigenous belief, like it was more like, something that you had destined like you were destined Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. you know but you know that would be like not only like be born in certain days but be born in certain um, situations like oh my god it was raining a lot or you Mm -hmm. know I saw an animal they they used to put like um, um, circles and when an animal used to get approached like when a woman was having their baby, um, that, that that was like an omen to like that person will do like certain things, jobs, you know.
1: Mm, right. But it
2: was not a closet practice. Mm-hmm. It was more like, you know, like you were destined for this. or you, That was your fate.
0: Right. And that's another thing, too, that is very difficult to say in American culture is to say that, you know, people who are meant to do magic are born a certain way. Because then people lose their minds and connect it back to Nazis and eugenics, and it's like, yep. and it's like, okay, I can see how you would think that those things are similar, but that, like, but that's not what we're talking about here. This idea that if you were born a certain way, then you were kind of destined to be a magical practitioner. I, I think honestly, it makes people feel left out, and therefore they connect it to all these terrifying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When in a lot of cultures, it was believed that the circumstances of of who you are and and what gifts you have really determined it.
2: And and, and people have to take into consideration that a lot of the beliefs that they they were like 500 years ago or say 600 Mm -hmm. years ago, that's not the case today. So I think there is a lot of like ambiguity. There is too much ambiguity around the don or the gift concept, right? At least in the... What it has to have to be with Mexican magic or Mexican healing. Or, you know, I do believe that today we have a lot of subjective interpre- interpretations that focus on different in different aspects of what we call the don. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like some people focus on one thing, other people focus on another one, and other people focus on other thing that you know, it means to them the, the, mm-hmm. the word gift or don't. Right. Uh, I have thought this a lot to the, the don or the gift in the Mexican American community description requires that like other believe, other people believe or validate or somehow like recognize that you have the gift. It's right. something that makes me laugh. Like, so seriously, <laughs> like, I have heard like, oh, you have to be appointed by another curandero and you have to be appointed. Dude, have you heard like, you know, El Niño Fidencio? Right. Tell me what elders have El Niño Fidencio or Don Pedrito or,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or Karen Lara who became a symbol of magic in Mexico.
0: hmm no? hmm Right. So, There's so much emphasis on this like idea of like you have to have elders or it has to be passed down in your family or exactly. sometimes no, it just happens. Yeah. Right.
2: Um, the, the, the the father of, you know, uh, well, he was not the father, was the adoptive father of El Niño Fidencio, was not a curandero. He was, you know. It's just like it, it gets to I think like somehow that makes feel people like they're. Just like you said, like low, lower or like lesser or like like inflate some egos. Uh-huh. Um the the other thing that I have you know like noticed too, like is like we tend to just like I said, like okay, that was the the way um, on the pre Hispanic world to say like somebody had the gift, like they used to say. There is a lot of communities that they still to this day say like certain kids who have like the power to talk, cry, sing, or have hiccups on the belly of the mother when they're like pregnant have like magical abilities. Mm. Right. And some of them too, they have the power somehow of getting out of the belly of their mom and coming back and uh, people is like, what do you mean? Like, you don't feel the baby. And I'm like, no, there is a lot of women. And it's a scientifically uh, reason for that too, that they still keep having their periods when they're pregnant. And they used to believe like, oh, the baby went out. That's why I have my period, but I didn't lost the baby.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. so just head it out for a minute.
2: <laughs> exactly. It was, you know, so that was like the beliefs, but those beliefs have evolved with the time and what the folk Catholic beliefs that we have right now. If you go right now to a, a, a rancho or like a, you know, a rural side or a municipio and you go with somebody who does magic or who does curanderismo, heal people, it is the same thing that they're going, you're going to encounter. They're going to say like the, the don is just a gift that all of us, as hijos de Dios, we have. And when, you know, um, when they cure somebody or or when they, like, uh, give, like, good luck to somebody, like, they said, it wasn't me. It wasn't Juditas. It was Dios. Mm-hmm. I'm an instrument. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And it's the faith, mijo, la que hace la magia right but it's something that it doesn't become from within but it comes from without
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know like mm-hmm. it comes from the animistic spirits too like the spirits of the plants or the river you know oh i heal him with um uh water of the river it was the spirit is la fe But it's never us. And here it seems like, oh, you have the gift and you have the power and you're awesome. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't work like that. I mean, not over there.
0: Right. And And it's
2: something that we pull, you know, and we use, of course, there is some people who are more gifted or more talented to be inter like in to intercede to get certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like something because everybody acts like the craft is like a a degree. It's not, it's a craft. It's a trade, if you wanna call it that way.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: The other day somebody was like mocking me. And I know it was like something about me. Like they were like talking and like no not because your grandma or your grandpa were like brujos, you're a brujo, not because your dad or your mom are doctors, you're going to perform a surgery. This is <laughs> right. not like this. This is a trade. This is yes. not a degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you you learn that, you know, from the day to day, there is not an institution like you go to Howard's and you're going to learn. You know, and more like in the in the in the rural communities, where is a lot it's still today is a, a lack of formal education
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a lot of uh, systemic prejuicio against women or women getting educated it's still mm-hmm. in those areas because of the machismo it's still in 2022. So it, it's just funny how some people since it, there is a lot of. Um, Descriptions or what they call a gift or a don is totally different from what we think that is the gift or the don. Mm-hmm.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Or, or the I, people
2: who said like, "Oh, the brujas, you know, doesn't ask for help from the outside. They, they, they. Well, maybe the brujas in tu rancho, but in Mexico." <laughs> We, we ask, we, we, you know, we need those tools. We need those spirits. We, you know, to, you know, to heal or to um, defend or whatever you, you want to do. I mean, it's not like this new age thing where everything comes from within
1: and, you know, Mm -hmm. agreed completely yeah and like (laughs) when you look at witchcraft like uh like from the perspective that i study it always comes from a source outside of yourself yes you just you just happen to be a person who's connected to it and you you learn how to work with it Mm -hmm. yeah it's always from a source outside of yourself Mm
2: -hmm, and of course there is some folks that they have more this talent naturally you know like like those people who are gifted to for math or for to play an instrument
1: exactly Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean
2: but that doesn't mean (laughs) that somebody who has like that talent is not going somebody who doesn't have that talent or this like Ability since they were born are not going to be able to fuck up the one who has the talent if they study and they practice and they, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because this is a trade. (laughs) It's a craft. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it works. So,
0: I don't know.
2: It's just like things that since we don't have on, like, we have to take from mouth to mouth from other people. And once you do like a certain consensus, you can like, okay, that's how it works. But that comes to, it, 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 and play to the language barrier. And a lot of things like that, like it was very hard for me to like the language barrier. There were a lot of prayers that really sounded awful in English. And even if I try to translate that, translate them like some words didn't even make sense because they don't even exist in English.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't
2: even exist. So it, it is, oh my God, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's, you know, no doubt one of the most like, hard challenges that I ever had in my life.
0: <laughs> oh, but you did it. The book is... Amazing! I have I have an early copy. I will tell everybody that I have an early copy, and I'm absolutely in love with it. It's the book that I wish I had ten years ago. Um, so I'm so very very happy that it's happening. Can you tell everybody when your book comes out and where they can find you?
2: The first of February, 2023, and you can find me in Daphne Lechisera at Instagram and the real I know the Laura Dávila at Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I don't even use my TikTok. It's just for fun because I <laughs> really don't like the drama that comes with it. So yeah. I don't even want to call it. <laughs> so it's just that Instagram and, and Twitter, yeah.
0: Fabulous, and definitely follow along because there's so much good information there. And you still have a Patreon, right?
2: Yes, I still yes. do. Jump
0: I'm about to. Play.
2: I'm about to like give up. Because it's a lot of pressure. It's like, do do I write books or do I write my Patreon? I cannot do both.
1: Yep. Right. I've, and uh, I think there.
2: and I think like the Patreon. I mean, yeah, it's awesome to be having some, you know, income every month from that. But what is going to happen the day that I close it? Like that's not going to be out there for everybody who wants to learn something, you know? Right. So
0: you're just going to have think. to write a whole lot more books.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, well, everybody, um, you can find uh, all of that in the show notes. So be sure to check out the show notes to find the Patreon and, and the books and all of that.
0: So we'll make sure to hook everybody up with that. Mm. So everybody, make sure to check out all of Laura's work. And most importantly, do witchcraft. Do it. Do it.
1: Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.